This is part two of a podcast episode featuring Mess Tori Smith talking about data, data capture, data use, and data utilization. If you didn't listen to the first part, make sure you go back and listen to that first before coming back and listen to part two. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Mess. The latter uh, is actually a recent uh, Siemens software offering uh, from an acquisition of a company called Riffin. Uh, and, and those guys has actually been an essential software component uh, for my part of the business for the last many years. And, and it is a piece of software that works really well in, in our part of the business where we are a lot of like simulation tasks uh, and, and customer uh, testing. Well, Matt, that all makes a lot of sense and really stresses the importance of putting that upfront time into data considerations. Can you talk a little bit more about the value of having such an ecosystem? Well, how I define ecosystem is really is about having a redeployable ecosystem of complementary tooling, uh, like different data platforms and data tools that, that plugs together, right? So, so they allow, allow you a number of benefits, I believe. It's like, so think about it, you, it allows you to develop super users that can help new adopters uh, or maybe even help new areas get started because we have the same tooling in multiple areas. Another component that is important is that if you are able to reuse solutions or think about it as plug and play, you have the opportunity to really stretch your scientists, data engineer resources in a you know, in a, in a scalable manner, right? Our industries and neuroscience might be different as we talked about, but the workflows and how our agile teams work is very much the same. So a lot of the tooling can be reused. Uh, if you only have a handful of, of, of fixed systems, um, you can organize them. Uh, let's, let's call them like, in, in like microservices. Um, and, and we put those into what we also call like a data mesh. And, and here, if you imagine, you kind of have these different ecosystem components or data mesh components talk to each other. And that allows for really high quality sharing, right? They can individually be like evolved, maybe they can be discontinued, or they can be disrupted by better tooling, and they should just be plugged right in. So you're not so sensitive to like new opportunities or something that is not really working for you anymore if you have it in a plug and play format and not just one system that does everything. So each of these services can actually have very specialized ways of interacting with the users that are capturing data or instruments that they're pulling data from. But as a component of the ecosystem or of the data mesh, they provide data to the rest of the company and the rest of the participant in a very reliable and predictable manner, like the fair data principles that we talked about. Um, and I think that, that really loops us back to, to where we started out by saying, the use of the data drives our needs, which means we have to have the focus of the data capture in terms of data that can be used and utilized by others than the ones that are generating it. We kind of look at it like our data mesh allows for anyone to participate. It allows people to pull real-time data, not just for themselves, but 
make own customized views of data from across the innovation pipeline. So what we see happens when people get this up and running is they are now able to look at data upstream themselves or downstream themselves and, and, and start realizing that, hey, I can improve my own processes better or wait a minute, these guys already saw what I'm seeing in my experiment. I can cut this experiment out and be more efficient. It's a really a uh, very interesting journey that we see when people are start getting on board in this. Uh, and, and after people realize that the data handling burden is moved up in the front, there is more stuff up to data capture, but downstream you have all the data just handed to you and automatically presented. And it really helps in our joint decision-making flows, I would say. It, it sounds like you have a very powerful thing going on at Novozymes. The fact that you're grabbing data from a central place, making it available for everyone must add tremendous value to the entire organization, I would think. You talked about it a little bit, but but can you can you go into a little bit more depth about how you get started on such a data collection, data optimization and usage journey? Just something that you could share with our listeners, you know, if they're in the position to maybe go down that path and don't really know how to get started? Right. Uh, I'll be happy to, Jonas. And I think we, we I kind of gave it away before, right? I think for me, it's a really to focus on the data use, to understand how you are making decisions as a company. So I, I'm going to keep it maybe a little more generic, uh, since in my experience, it, it, it depends on the company, it depends on the flow, and it depends on where you start. But one thing that goes across it is, is an exercise that I like to share that we do with, with most of our teams, where we are really trying to figure out exactly what you were just asking me, where do we start and how do we get going, right? There's so many options. So what we would typically do, we would set the team down and we say, okay, let's make a data map. So basically what that is, is we sit the team down and we start mapping out maybe on a wall, on a computer, whatever works, on a whiteboard, who is generating data today, where are we getting data from that we need to, to run our experiments, who is looking at our data, and also more importantly, where is our data? Is it on our computer? Is it on our network drive? Is it in the cloud? Who's responsible for the data and who's responsible for the formats that they are in right? So now you get this overview of everybody that participate in data. And then we try to overlay that with a decision map or decision exercise where we go through and say, okay, well, how do you pick what becomes a product? How do you look at the data? This data is data that you're looking for to do the next experiment. So if there's something wrong with the experiment, your next, oh, sorry. If there's something wrong with your data, your next experiment will not be designed correctly. Or you realize that everybody is using data from an Excel sheet that sits on someone's computer that they share with email. And, and by doing this decision map, it kind of like becomes pretty apparent, like what are the critical data sources? So where could we start? where if we improve this would be much, much easier for more people to get their hands on the data. And that I think leads into what we call like a data plan. So then you make a plan based on those inputs and say, okay, well, let's start here. Here's some low hanging fruit. If we get that going, 
we can get some skill sets upgrades, we can get some new tools in, we can get the data in more people's hands, and then you treat it as an evolution. So you come back and you do it again and you do it again. So in our experiences, you know, you need to make sure that people see some early wins, but then as like the digital team that we are, we make sure that when we then start building with them, we also have the long-term transformation uh, in mind. Well, thanks, Mads. You've really today given us many great insights into how Novozyme thinks about data as part of your digital transformation. If you could boil it down to a few key takeaways uh, that you could leave with our audience, what would they be? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Don. I, you know, I can talk with this for hours, as you guys can hear. But, but I'll try to leave you with this. Um, it's not easy, right? Structured data capture is not easy. We agreed that we need to have it, right? But it does take new tooling, and and often as also a learning curve. You need to reach a critical mass also of data sources before the digitalization initiative starts being like obvious to people and they start paying off. So there can be a lot of resistance to get going, especially early on. But what I would say is like, ask yourself, do you really think that you will be able to do your work the old way while being competitive with everybody around you adopting these new technologies. I think that answer is obvious, right? It's it's not easy, but it's not easy to competition either. So I would say to people, you know, be careful that just because your people and your team states that new tools are hard to use, that's not a quality measure and that's not a necessarily an indicator that this is not the right tooling. It could just be that it is the right tooling, but that there is a learning curve. That's what we see. You try to leave Excel, you try to leave the legacy tooling that people are very comfortable with. It is not going to be easy, but I really do think that you must take that step and let's do it anyway. I think that was a great final statement there, Mess. Thank you very much for sharing your insights and your extensive experience with data collection and optimization. It was really great to hear from somebody who lives and breathes this data topic every day. It sort of makes it that much more real, I think. We really appreciate having you on as a guest, and I'm sure our listeners would agree with that. So thank you so much, Mess. Happy to join Jonas and uh, happy to share my thoughts and the approach that we are taking with NovaSimes. I mean, it's it's really a journey and, and I feel like many days that we're just building a plane while we are flying it. So it is really a community approach that is needed to come up with better practices jointly. So thanks for setting up this podcast and thanks for the interest in, 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 in discussing this. Thank you so much, Mess, for those final thoughts. With that, we are concluding today's episode. So listeners, if you have any questions about any of the topics we discussed today, please feel free to reach out to Don and I via email. They are included in the show notes. And we're, of course, also open to any comments and thoughts, feedback about the show, or any topics that you would love to hear. If you liked what you heard today, please help spread the word by rating the show. And if you're not already a subscriber and would like to be notified about new episodes being released, make sure to subscribe to the series. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.